Hello, and welcome to Crosswires. I am Jay, so James minus the MS. <laughs> oh, dear. No, don't, no, no, no. That's not how we're going to do stuff. No, okay, no. Sorry. I am sorry. And at this point, our guest is thinking, what have I come into? What's going on? I, I've known Bradley a little bit. I mean, we've talked in voice chat before, so Bradley knows it's I'm a, a little yeah. quirky. I was going to say, you're used to this, man. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I am joined by my co-host, James. How are you doing, James? I'm really good. We've had a very productive day. We've obviously uh, planned this episode out. Uh, we streamed earlier. We did our coffee chats, and you know it was great. We we tackled some scammers, and we have. Do you know what's been really? Because one of the reasons we brought Bradley on, and we'll talk about it, is because of the fundraising we're doing at the moment. But it's been really cool being able to see you know people donate to the American Heart Association this month through the whole of February. That's what we've been doing, and this episode should should come out unless I really screw up the edit should be out before the end of February, so it should still be within Heart Month. Speaking of of, of Heart Month, I think I want to introduce our very hearty guest. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You told me to host, James, and coming with, with the hosting is my quirky... <laughs> you obviously did not listen to my old podcast enough. <laughs> it Honestly, it's very hard not to make heart puns, to be quite honest with you. So our guest today is Bradley of the American Heart Association. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Doing amazing. And before we actually get into this, I actually wanted to ask a question. Like, yeah. who is Bradley? Like, what is some like? How did you get into the role you're in, and what are like some of your like your, your passions and your interests? So, uh, make a very long story short, uh, I was actually a fundraising staff person for Kids Heart Challenge. Many of you would probably remember Jump Rope for Heart as a kid. Yep. Um, I was managing that program with 10 different counties, about 200 different schools um, at once uh, before this role. And then um, I'd been here for a year and saw the potential with content creators and just said, I'm just going to start fundraising with content creators and get something up and going. I had no name uh, for the program at the, you know three years ago. And uh, we had no prizes. We had no nothing, no t-shirts, no logo, no nothing. And I was sending streamers at the time ducks from kids art challenge that they loved them like a little rubber ducks to like uh, on a keychain that they loved them um and that's how this program started it was just like some old kids art challenge stuff and turns out people in their 20s don't change much from elementary school they love dogs. <laughs> no we really don't know <laughs> so um they got all kinds of kids art challenge stuff and uh three years later we have gone through lots of different changes learned a lot of different things Last year, we were American Heart Association Revive. Now we're American Heart Association Live. I think that's the final branding of the program now. So yeah, that's kind of how I got here. Just uh, kind of said there's potential here. I'm going to just go do it. And then they gave they gave me a full-time position for it. So I'm thankful for that. I think I've been a part of this at least the last two to three years, but maybe since at the beginning or very early into the beginning. and Very early. And I, it's definitely been something that like I've enjoyed working with the American Heart Association. And one thing that I want to go into is what is the American Heart Association? It, it always seems like the the heart is something that until I started fundraising for, I did not realize just how much it's important to a lot of what we do. Definitely. I mean, I don't think, um, in, in my personal opinion, I don't think heart disease necessarily gets the attention it really deserves, especially compared to some other things. <clears throat> you know, it's heart disease is the number one killer in the world. Um, and stroke by itself is just one cardiovascular disease that ranks as number two on its own. We have number one and number two in our hands, and I think it deserves a lot more attention than what it gets. And most people have the conception, too, that it's some older person's thing. But I myself, at 25 years old, uh, had to have some pretty major surgery just last year because of my own heart condition. Turns out my heart was, we can get into this later if you want to, but it was beating 27,000 extra heartbeats a day. Wow. And you only have 100,000 100, in a day. So that was about 27%. It was working harder. Um, so just put it out there that it can happen to people, people our age and, and younger. Just another quick fact. I got plenty of them. So ask away. But, you know, we've, uh, this kind of our, our star pupil for Kids Heart Challenge now, his name is Finn. I think he's going into second or third grade now, but by the time he started kindergarten, he had 15 open heart surgeries. 
So, and there's, he's one of like 40,000 babies that are born with some kind of congenital heart defect every year. So it's not just an older person's thing. This, it, this does affect all ages for various reasons. Um, some people are at higher risk than others. And, you know, what the Heart Association does is we try to help people um, like myself and others live their longest and healthiest life possible. Literally our mission statement. We do so from research, which is kind of our top-down approach, because research does will affect literally every person on the planet. That's our main call to action, of course. And then we also try to do a bubble-up approach as well. Uh, over the past few years, we've really ramped up our local impact efforts as well. And, you know, we've looked into down to the very zip code, like me and you could be neighbors and literally our houses to be, you know, within visual distance of each other. But if you live in a zip code that's different than mine, your life expectancy could be uh, 60 and mine could be 90. So there literally could be a 30 year gap. So we've actually done things like setting up a local impact fund to give back to other local nonprofits that might have the infrastructure that we don't to support things like homelessness, food shelters. Uh, we've worked with local legislators to actually expand internet access because that's something everyone needs. And there's some spots in rural parts of the state that people can't couldn't even buy it, even if they wanted to. So very long answer, but that's what the American Heart Association is and does. And happy to go in more detail. I think that's a very important thing to like expand on is like J James has learned a little bit about some of the healthcare in the United States or in many mm -hmm. regards, lack of healthcare. Like there's a few doctor's appointments that I want to get, but right now because of tight funds, I have to prioritize what I'm doing and it. Some of it's mental health. Some of it's actual down to like health on my left foot. For instance, I have to get that checked, but I can't afford it right now. And over in the UK, there's a little bit more access to healthcare, even if there's like a time gap. And I think that's one reason why it's incredibly important for organizations like the American Heart Association to bring out things to help where our medical does lack and our access to medical resources lacks heavily. Yep. And it's interesting because, you know, we, so over here in the UK, you know, obviously we are focusing on the American Heart Association, but of course, you know, over here we have the British Heart Foundation and I think it's wonderful to see so many charities across the world. What one random question, do you guys all like get together? Do you work with each other? Are there partnerships <laughs> between like, or is it all, oh no, I'll stay in my little bubble and. No, I mean, yeah, as far as fundraising, it's kind of, we do kind of bubble up for fundraising. However, as an organization, as a whole, we probably are the biggest and the oldest one of what we like to call our sister organizations. We kind of have agreements that uh, we will, you know, of course, research is research that gets scattered across the globe. So if you do something with us, if you do something with them, it gets scattered everywhere because research is research. Everyone's going to know about it, know how to do these things. And we're going to, going to spread that around as best we can. In fact, um, we, the American Heart Association, actually hosts the biggest scientific convention in the world to to do just that. It's called Scientific Sessions. We hold it every single year, and we gather all the world's scientists together to share their findings and research, since we are one of the biggest research charities, period, um, and one of the oldest. In fact, 2024, next year, will be our 100-year anniversary. Wow. So if, when you think of something, and just to paint a picture, I think of stuff like like Disney, 50 years old and the impact that's made on people's lives. Pokemon, uh, now 26 years old on Pokemon Whoa. Day in just a couple days. Like, I mean, just, just think about that and the things that they've done to impact your life. And we're four times as old as Pokemon, twice the age of Disney. That's a very long time. Wow. Like, um, yeah, I mean, because, like, you know, another nerdy one, Doctor Who turned 60 this year. And, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got two hearts. He's got two hearts, so just, oh dear. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, that was cheesy. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's awesome. And it is great that that's all being shared. So, Bradley, obviously, we talked about fundraising. Why? People say, oh, well, why should why should we fundraise? Why should we give money to a, to a charity? Surely they can get this from the government. And this is, you know, maybe some people's perception of it can get it funded by the government. There's big, you know, big companies mm. that fund. Why is it so important that maybe individuals consider uh, how they can support? And, and, you know, as we're talking about, you know, streamers and content creators supporting you, why, why is that fundraising so vital to a charity like the American Heart Association? So <clears throat> kind of going back to, 
uh, what I was saying before um, in the very beginning, all this, it, it goes towards a lot of different things. You know, we, we are, we are so big that we are able to really use basically the entire country's resources to look at exactly what is the problem. And we're seeing that, you know, research does help, but we're seeing things like, like rural areas, for example, don't have the resources that metropolitan areas do. So we're able to set new standards for hospitals. It's called Get With The Guidelines. We have have a whole program just for that, where rural hospitals aren't necessarily up to speed. Um, So that's one of the things that we're able to do with those donor dollars. But in particular, with content creators, the thing that I'm so excited about we talked in the very beginning about how people have this misconception that this is an older person's disease. While you're at higher risk, the older you get, because we're just kind of falling apart the more we get older. Yes. Uh, that is generally true. Content creators, people on Twitch, people on YouTube, TikTok, those three places where we're fundraising, the general audience is like 15 to 30. Mm. And honestly, that's an area of improvement for the American Heart Association. Because generally speaking, we have them in Kids Heart Challenge. We're pretty good there in elementary school. We kind of lose them in middle school, high school, and we kind of hope that in between that area, that when they start work, that we kind of grab them in their workspace. Other than that, we kind of lose them in that little middle space there. So that's why I'm so excited about content creators in general, because it really is a brand new audience for us. It's So when you are streaming for the American Heart Association, you're funding research, resources, local impacts for the number one and number two killer in the world while also educating people that aren't even aware of what heart disease is, let alone that this is the thing that they're most likely to die from. Like, I mean, if you want to talk about impact, I can't think of anything bigger than this. Absolutely. And you're finding people like where they are at and you're finding, because a lot of my content is YouTube and Twitch and Mm -hmm. And even like TikToks through like YouTube Shorts or TikToks people send me. Like I'm not on TikTok itself. I'm one of those uh, funny duddies who doesn't want to be on TikTok itself. Yeah, honestly, I I don't blame you. Like I don't I, I don't even have a TikTok account. Um, we will fundraise on there, but I I just that's a conversation for another day. Go on. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> and whenever people talk about awareness, because I I know one of the jokes is I'm already aware of it, but no, you are right. Part of the awareness is saying, hey, this is. For us, and also what what does it do? Because even like when I'm looking at some of the the resources that that you provide during the Heart Month, I'm like, wow, I did not realize how this can affect me. Too little sleep can affect me. Too much sleep can affect me. You know, and all of those parts, and that's just building that awareness. And the, the stories that I've had my my community share, even the stories that like James and I have, because we both have family members. Who have had heart problems? I'm I'm very much high blood pressure because I'm very high strong, <laughs> and it's it's definitely like it is affecting me. And I think bringing that awareness to be like, hey, if you don't see it, I know that like people have asked me like, why should you get like a smartwatch? And I and I know this is a slight tangent, but it's a very true. Why should you get a smartwatch? Because I know people who have had a smartwatch that can read their heart rate. All of a sudden, it says, hey, I'm noticing based off our our sensors that. Your heart's acting a little weird. You might want to get checked out. My mom right. ha- found out that she was having AFib because of her upwatch. And it's definitely very much one to, to, to like keep mindful of. So it's bringing that awareness of your heart's important because without it, you're not going to be living. I mean, I mean I'm not going to be funny. I'm being very serious. Yeah. And it goes back to Bradley's wonderful point about the, re- the amount of research it's done. Because let's, let's be honest. Oh, you know, this, this Apple Watch has ECG, has heart rate monitoring, but none of that would be possible without wonderful research. And I I seem to recall that Apple even talked about the American Heart Association in some of the the keynote stuff around the Apple, um, the heart health stuff, and my heart health studies. When you've got technology being able to influence that research, I think it's fantastic. And yeah, I'm... I, I wear a smartwatch for a slightly different reason related to heart health, and it's going to be it, – it, it's it's an interesting one. So my dad um, – and I've got his permission to share this. It, um, he did – he had a heart attack about – oh, gosh. It will be eight years this year since he had his heart attack. Wow. And he, he's fine. By the way, he's absolutely fine. Uh, in the end, he had to have a stent put in. 
Um, and I'm very grateful to the work of the cardiac unit at, at the hospital he was at. I obviously won't uh, name the hospital, but they were fantastic. Um, but I only found out that he was having a heart attack and I needed to go home because I was wearing a smartwatch. The call center I was working at at the time didn't allow phones to be out on the, on the floor. Uh, big, had to be in your pocket or in your bag. But because I was wearing a smartwatch, I got the notification from him saying, hey, call home urgently. You need to come home now because, well, she didn't say why in the message, but I called home. I'm like, oh, yeah, he does have a heart attack. You need to come home because we were going to be driven up to, someone's going to drive us up to the hospital. Because uh, it was near where he worked, you see, and it was it was a good hour and a half away. So we had a very good friend who drove us there. But if I hadn't been wearing a smartwatch, I wouldn't have known about that notification for an hour or so. So very important. But... Bradley, before we move on to some of the, you know, the actual fun stuff around the streaming, one one thing that's always struck me, it's something I've learned from from working a little bit with charities, is that people think, obviously, you know, overfunding has to go to the research, has to go to the outreach programs. But that's not always true because charities are effectively a business and you do have to raise operational funds as well. A business doesn't run itself. A charity doesn't run itself, rather. And there are things... I mean, without going into too much detail, is that, would you say that's a fair assessment that people maybe don't understand the operational costs that have to be covered by those donations too? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, even the government, like, you have to pay people to... There, There is always operational costs. It's unavoidable. Like, we need ink in the printer we need paper in the printer we need the printer we need the people that print the stuff you know we need people like me to i mean i can full full on say like we've been around for 100 years and you know fundraising through content creators has been around since at least 2013 and this program didn't exist until like i started reaching out so the million dollars we raised last fiscal year through content creators it wouldn't happen if outreach staff didn't exist. These are all very important things. And you can, I mean, you you can go back and forth and say what you want to about like paying staff at nonprofits and how much they should get paid or you know, expenses or whatever. But that's what, you know, things like Charity Navigator are for, which we have the highest score on. And they look and compare us to other charities and, you know, how wisely we're spending our dollars. Um, it's one of the lowest compared to other nonprofits, especially. We're very good on the donor dollar. And uh, like for an example, when COVID came up and things were just horrible for us that first year, new new staff were being hired and they put everything on freeze. Like we, the new people couldn't even get a name tag or business cards. Like that, everything was shut down. Like we stopped all the spending. Um, and out of all the nonprofits that I've seen, <clears throat> that have handled their spending through COVID and uh, things like layoffs and stuff. We probably handled that the best out of anyone I've seen. I've seen other nonprofits have to go through multiple rounds of layoffs and decreases in spending, losing fundraising programs. It got really messy really fast, but we had some very smart people here that really took the reins and took control and made what could have been just an awful situation. Just, you know, got to pull off the bandaid one at a time and then we were good and we've been better ever since then. And I think that one thing that I've been impressed at is just your use of creative ways to reach people. And one of the, one of the reasons we have you here today is Twitch streaming because uh, I've been fundraising for the American Heart Association for, yeah, the last like two to three years. And it has been pretty incredible just to see what you've been able to do with that. And for those who don't know, like Twitch streaming itself is people going live on Twitch either by yourself or with other people you're playing a game you're doing something you're doing just chatting and it's 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 a content medium that a lot of people are watching in fact crosswires is is streaming a couple times a week and we are it's 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 a, it's a fun outlet for us also also way to, to, to raise some, some some money but i think twitch streaming has been around since justin.tv in the early <laughs> in the early uh 2010s and stuff like that i mean justin.tv yeah uh, i actually remember streaming on that one but yeah and it has definitely taken on a lot of like it's brought a lot of awareness in twitch streaming itself we're gonna do a whole episode on twitch streaming at some point because there's so many cool avenues about it and so many cool things but yeah streamers can raise money and some people someone will say so does that streamer have people pay them and then they pay the charity? 
in the beginning days, it was how it was done, but there was some, let's just say nefarious. Really? Yeah. In the, in the early days, I remember sometimes streamers would say, hey, sit, pay, uh, I will take like somebody of my sub or send me a tip and I will donate to this. Some streamers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And some streamers were not quite, uh, either they were getting their accounting wrong or, or, or they were. So over time, Services like like soft giving and Tiltify have come have come around, and even now Twitch through Twitch charity have come around. Where when you raise that money, it goes directly to the charity. The service may have like whatever their costs are for like the transaction fees, all that stuff. But the money that's raised there does not hit the streamer's bank account whatsoever. So there's that account- accountability, and it's been pretty incredible how much money has been raised. I, do you have like a a figure of like how much the American Association has raised on average through Twitch? Over the, in the last fiscal year, yeah, ours, our fiscal year starts on July 1st. Um, so last fiscal year was a million dollars that we raised. And that was only, really, that was our, <laughs> that was our first full fiscal year that we had last year. The year before that was me scrambling together three months of work to prove that this would that this could be a thing and that was a hundred thousand dollars in three months and then the first full fiscal year was a million dollars so now we're on the third one we're on track to to beat that probably by half a million if i take a guess and that's from streaming yeah that is incredible and that shows that that you've tapped into a great market because i have i've just been impressed at like how many how much money has been raised through streaming and through charity and it makes sense it's where people are at i mean it's the communities people are are a part of and what is so cool is to see all these creators using their platform for good using their platform to do good in the world like i i did a charity for trans lifeline and i raised probably i think 25 or 2800 somewhere around there that i i've got the thing and that was changed lives just through there and it's like and it's been, it's been cool every year to see what we are raising money for for the charities and it's been cool to realize we affected somebody's life because of what our community did our community came together and brought that that collective fun because like our community enjoys seeing like what, what we've raised what we're doing and they have and a lot of our, I've had members share this thing. Thank you for what you're doing because I have a family member who's had this story or this has happened to me and it's been able to, to really like bring people together. And, and how does it work from your side, Ben Bradley, in terms of your partnership with, I mean, you know, says Tiltify and Twitch. How, how does sort of a charity like American Heart Association get on board? Cause obviously you've got, I guess you've got two elements. You've got the, the, the content creators themselves and then you've got the actual platforms how how do you how do you go about getting those relationships you know with the platforms for a start maybe with the, like the giving platforms yeah so i mean obviously you know we're using uh for the first time we're using twitch charity uh because and i was actually impressed when you go on and look at a fundraiser you, there's so many charities out there so i'm guessing would it be correct you you register as a charity with that platform so people can then give uh twitch twitch uses the paypal giving fund so that's their registered okay. database right so uh, that's i actually didn't know that i i knew we didn't register for twitch charity it was just just kind of available one day when they rolled it out so i was like great tiltify is a little bit different because you actually have to register for tiltify it's a little bit different because it's and this is very typical for fundraising websites like don't take this as a bad thing quote unquote this is very standard um you have to sign up for it because it's like every other fundraising website they do take a certain percentage to keep the website running and keep all the the awesome perks that tiltify has that twitch charity doesn't um, it's like two percent. It's very, very small. So like two pennies on the dollar. It's, it's well worth the expense, and it's very standard. Like not even Heart.org runs without an expense. You want to talk about your expenses earlier? That's one of them. Um, the, in fact, the only way to actually give a hundred percent of your dollar is if you just did a bank to bank wire transfer. Like that is just about the only way you can do it. Except um, the most interesting thing that we've been dabbling around in is YouTube giving. What's interesting about YouTube giving, YouTube's giving platform, I just found this out the other day. I love YouTube giving, by the way, because it's just as integrated as Twitch charity. 
uh, Twitch charity does not take that 2% that Tiltify does, which, you know, it doesn't come with all the bells and whistles that Tiltify does. But on top of that, YouTube giving does also, they also cover those transaction costs from like credit cards and stuff. So YouTube giving is actually the only other way to give 100% of your dollar, which I'm so excited about. That's awesome because we're talking about Twitch, but as you said, this is very much a content creator. So it could be, you know, people doing YouTube videos and doing something for Heart Month uh, throughout the whole of that, you know, or just even, you know, probably even just saying, oh, you know, this month we're raising, if you like this video, maybe instead of, you know, supporting us through Patreon this month, give to, you know, American Heart Association. And one of the things I'd love, I, I now I haven't used Tiltify, Jay, Jay has. Yes. And... One of the things I love about Twitch charity is the fact that it does take over that sub button. So it doesn't remove the ability for people to sub to our channel, which is great. But it means that you, the charity fundraiser we're running at the moment, and I think, Jay, am I right? You can only run one fundraiser at a time. Correct, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is an interesting one because next year what we'd love to do is to have it sort of geographical based. So if you're in the States, you'd give to AHA. If you're in the UK, you'd give to British Heart Foundation. I don't know how we, we might look at other... Actually, you know what? I bet they'll have a different fundraising period, so that will probably won't even be a uh, an issue. But the but, but point is, all these tools, uh, as Bradley said, they are fantastic, and they you know they do have to cover their transaction costs. But it's great to see so many coming along. And what I guess, a, sorry, Jay, I'm taking over your show notes. Oh no, you're um, good. Hey, you're my co-host, so <laughs> you're good. <laughs> So in terms of like the individual streamers, do they have to, because obviously you've got that wonderful Discord, but do they have to come and sort of jump, or get on board with you to fundraise or can anyone fundraise? It's just optional to come and partner with you for more resources. Is that? Oh yeah. Like everyone, um, I mean, we can't control the world. Sometimes we, we think we can, but uh, we can't. Um, and people can just fundraise for us whenever they want to. I mean, obviously, the resources are out there for people to register whenever they want to. For most, I would prefer, like, you know, come talk to me because I can help you raise more money than what you would probably do by yourself. Especially if it's a first-time fundraiser that has never done a charity stream, never seen a charity stream. They don't know about setting up donation incentives, how to use the Tiltify fundraising bar, how to set that up, how to set milestone incentives. Maybe they didn't know we have access to crowd control to make your fundraising even more fun. You know, we do these things for a reason. We know they raise more money, um, and it could bring your fundraising from literally a hundred bucks to a thousand bucks. That's a big difference. And if we do that per person, that's an even bigger yeah. difference. So, uh, yeah, I want you to come talk to me. <laughs> yeah, because for those who don't, uh, who aren't aware, crowd control is one that is a lot of fun and I want to actually see if I can get to run on my steam deck because last year when I was raising money for the American Heart Association, I was using crowd control and I still remember I was in like the first dungeon in Skyrim and, uh, um, Miss Ash rocks from Tiltify. Um, she kept donating to make my health go all the way down. Oh no. <laughs> and she was just like, like, like cackling, like in so much laughter every time it would happen. I'm like, <laughs> I'm almost to the dungeon health down. <laughs> so yeah, there's like those cool things where a donation can actually affect your game. And it's a really cool thing. And yeah, it's so cool. And I, I love the fact too, that uh, just in quick note on crowd, crowd control, uh, they are also one of those sites where they don't take a fee from us. We that we just pay like I think it's like a hundred bucks a year to use it, and then after that, all the money rolls to us. And it what I love about Crowd Control even more is that it takes care of all those donation incentives for you. It makes it so easy. Like it, it might be a little tricky to set it up, but I've heard no complaints. I've heard everyone say that it's very easy to set up. Yes. Um, and it, it what I love about it is that it just it all you have to do past that is set a fundraising goal. Past that, all your incentives are taken care of. Like the stream just kind of runs itself at that point. It's chaotic, but it's so much fun. Yeah. And it's what I love is just like people will, will do something for the incentive. Like one of the one that, uh, that we have is like if for, I think it's every hundred hours we raise, um, James will just has a Mario <laughs> for, and we'll play Mario Kart. Uh, one of the ones I have is every time someone donates $50, I will eat a sour pickle ball, which is absolutely awful. But don't know how you do that. A, I don't know. I don't know how I do it either because oh, they're awful. But yeah, it's those fun incentives that like make people just like have fun. But you're at the end of the day doing something good for somebody. That I mean, so what do you think it is that 
I guess this is a question. You know, we we this time didn't use Tiltify. We didn't have any of the cloud control, crowd control setup, and part of that is on us. We yeah, we weren't as well prepared as we would have liked to be this time, but we had a lot of fun. We made up incentives where, I uh, you know, I, there was a wonderful thing that we nearly used and we'll definitely use this use is you know the, the spinning wheel to get people to pick an incentive or for us to pick an incentive when someone hits that goal. But it's you know, and for us, one of the things we did to try and bring always. Uh, Bradley and the team provided a lot of great um, artwork assets that we used incorporated into our own designs because we did a, a Valentine's Day stream. So we tried to make it very cutesy as well. And it, it worked. We did realize that streaming on Valentine's Day isn't exactly going to give you the most audience beyond <laughs> very sad, lonely. Sorry, did I just say that out loud? I did. Um, well, I mean, what, I mean, you and I are, are never mind. <laughs> You could just amend that by saying sad, lonely, and happy, lonely people. Oh, there you I mean, go. Yeah, there you <laughs> well, go. Because some people are just happy alone. What do you think it is, Bradley, that gets people donating to charities during, like, with content creators? Because it's, I, I mean, I don't know about you both, but whenever I'm stopped on the street by charity fundraisers, it's usually when I'm on the way to do something. I'm, I'm unfortunately in a hurry. I'll try and stop, but I guess part of... The challenge, this is me being very honest, the challenge I find with with traditional on-street fundraising, I don't know what the, the rules are in the US, but here there's a lot of rules and regulations around that. But I always find, I always feel I want to donate to every charity, but I feel quite a lot of pressure to donate monthly and things like that. But what do you think it is about this method of fundraising where it's almost built into the content that you're already watching? Why do you think that's so appealing? Well, I mean, y'all have already said this statement several times it's meeting people where they are i mean we talk about that internally every single day it's all about meeting people where they are um and truly providing a a custom fit just for them to make an impact on in the ways that they can it's we're not asking twitch streamers to go I, i don't even know go to a we're not asking them to go to a heart walk we're not asking them to go to a heart ball we're not asking them to donate half a million dollars because they don't have half a million dollars you know is this isn't a sponsorship thing or whatever other way we, we fundraise or asking them to stream. That's what they do. You know, so it's a very integrated ask. And just like Kids Heart Challenge, you know, that used to be Jump Rope Heart, we send home envelopes to the parents. We have prizes for the kids to earn that are exciting for them to earn. So Heart Walk, that can be a very, like, corporate thing. That's how we ask for big donations from corporations and, have you know, inviting a lot of people and putting – logos in front of people that's what that's what businesses want so every single thing is custom uh towards each audience um and it, everything is very intentional we don't just i mean i don't even know what this would be like just going to someone and say hey give us money hey fundraise no it's always a very specific ask so that's the difference there and I think the incentives are a huge thing because, again, I have had my stream just, again, like rolling in laughter whenever they make me do something. I'm like, no, not again. Or like I used to have a rainbow hat. I need to actually find it. But be like always like like I put on the hat for a couple seconds or, oh, Frazzlecorn. It's a unicorn hat. I've always have that out for like 10 minutes so I need to actually find some of these incentives. I know one streamer would put like little like hands on their fingers to try to play a game. And <laughs> oh, and, and there's times where it you know you again using crowd control to convert your controller or change your buttons. Yes. I really want to see if this will work on the on the Steam Deck because it's the one disadvantage is moving away from Windows. Half of the like control stuff only works on Windows. Like uh, yeah, but anyway, but. I'm impressed at how easy it is to start a, a charity stream. Even if you don't have all the stuff set up, how easily you can press a button and instantly be raising money for charity. Yeah. I, I'm, I Honestly, I am too. It's come a very long way. Um, I actually did a charity stream myself like 10 years ago. It's been 10 years ago now uh, in 2013. I remember having to get help because I was so lost on how to just start a stream. It's gotten so much better. And, like, we didn't have Tiltify back then. There was no soft giving, I don't think. Um, we don't use soft giving anyway, but there was no anything. Like, it was just... In fact, I had to use, like, a walk fundraiser page and say, donate to this. Like, I, I really got clever with it and used another fundraising website. I'm very impressed with how far it's all come. And I think streaming's become, more, just from a very 
like from a from a encouragement point of view, streaming's become so much simpler. Things like and, and this is genuinely so I'm I'm obviously using a fairly we're both using fairly decent microphones and fairly decent audio interfaces for for crosswise and for our streams. But the accessibility of good microphones and good cameras, the fact that it's so easy now to use your iPhone, particularly particularly if you're a Mac user, but even if you're not and you're on Windows, there's things like Epoch Cam and Droid Cam which are so easy to use, your high-quality cameras. Streaming has become far... Uh, you know, I remember back in the day of, you know, like Leo Laporte, where he'd have his TriCaster, his TriCaster set up and all that fancy gear that we could just never afford. But now, you, know, you can stream off almost anything. It's, it's a lot easier. And as Bradley said, because it is so much easier to get a stream started and to get the, the charity side... I'd encourage you, if you want to raise funds, obviously particularly for American Heart Association, connect with Bradley, then get going, get some incentives going. You know, it dep- I think it all very much depends on what your type of streams are, you know, and what your resources are. But people are generous in, in, in general, I think. And if you are entertaining people and you're making people aware, you know, we talked about, you know, the importance of sleep. I think there's some random things that, are, you know, you can combine, obviously, the resources from a charity with, you know, things that come into news. Like, I saw this thing about um, putting olive oil into your coffee to help with heart health. That sounds like the most disgusting thing ever, but let's look at the science <laughs> on it. Like, so, I'm sorry, I'm not ruining my nice coffee with olive oil. I've even seen streams raise money without incentives too. So it's definitely not a, if, if you're, I've, I think part of it's just putting the awareness out there is that, Hey, we're raising this money and you can be part of our community in raising that money. And there's just that you feel good when you see what your stream's done. And like, even as a streamer, I am blown away when my community's raised, raised funds. And it, it almost makes me feel guilty that like all I did was just stream, but that's all I did. I mean, sometimes I've had more incentives than others. But still, all I did was just stream and say, hey, here's my charity link. Go here and spend money. From a different perspective, you know, I've been in fundraising since 2010. So how many years is that? That's 13 years I've been in this. And, you know, 13 years ago, what I was doing to raise $100 was I was going around to family and friends with a physical envelope. A physical envelope. And I was collecting checks. I was collecting physical cash and change, if you can imagine, counting it. And it would it would take me all year going to different people, collecting five, ten, twenty bucks at a time to get a hundred bucks. Mm. I mean, we're seeing like the average is like seventeen hundred per charity stream. Wow, that is crazy. Like, and most of the time, it's done in one day. I mean, even a hundred bucks, fifty bucks in one day is pretty insane. I mean, we'll be really transparent. As it stands at the point of this recording, we've raised $90. And all we, and I do, I sort of get what Jay said. I think that's what I was kind of hinting at is, you know, we've raised $90 by just doing a few streams and saying, hey, please give to the American Heart Association. We've put a few incentives in there. People have been great. And part of that is because, you know, our streaming is, you know, it really is rebuilding after we brought that back. And it's awesome. We're still relatively small. But if people are feeling guilty, oh, but I can only, you know, host a stream. I can't donate myself. Would you say it's it's a fair comment to say that actually the very act of opening that fundraising, being able to allow people to donate and to be able to encourage people to give is just as valuable as donations themselves? Oh, yeah. Like there's so many things you can do, even if you can't donate yourself. I'll My favorite thing to do is say, hey, send it to the people that can. Like, hey, you can, you have a phone, like send it to family send it to friends say hey this charity event's happening you can watch it but i just want you to donate to it like please or you can just share the stream hello like we all know how like algorithms work send some more people over there like come on now retweeting something how long does it take to retweet something like come on like go like it go retweet it that helps and goes a long way like there's so many different ways that you can just be present be active and not have to donate. Um, even just being in chat and keeping the chat active and keeping things exciting uh, to help the streamer out, that goes a long way. I mean, I know as streamers, y'all certainly appreciate some active chatters in your chat. Oh, right? we do. Absolutely. We do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and from my communications background, one thing that I think charity streaming does in an amazing way is also brand awareness. And it does help market the charity. I've had 
people who may not have donated during the charity remembered the organization I was raising money for because someone was like, I was out somewhere. I saw this charity and I remember them because I saw it on your stream. So you're helping promote that organization. And, it, and it, you know, to touch on that point, a really good example. I don't, I mean, Bradley, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if, uh, what the case is, but here in the UK, a lot, you know, British Heart Foundation have a lot of stores. They have like the regular sort of charity stores, like, you know, like your Goodwill type stores. But then they have like um, British Heart Foundation have their furniture and electronics stores, which are dedicated to furniture and electronics. And they do some absolutely wonderful deals. My la- The sofa at my last flat, which unfortunately had to go... Uh, we would have donated it back to uh, back to a charity, but it wouldn't fit. We couldn't get it back out of a flat, basically. So, but it was a free seat, a leather sofa. It was at British Heart Foundation. I went in, paid them, and paid them extra to come and take away my old sofa. Um, I think they could actually use it. I'm not sure if they could, but the point is, buying. I got a sofa. They got the donation and the money to raise so it can be there can be so many ways you can give to a charity beyond uh, yeah i I don't know do 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 we does that exist in the states are there like do you have (laughs) partnered i don't know if we have like you know stores like that i don't know i'm gonna just say no we don't uh however there probably is someone doing some kind of american heart association auction somewhere where you can auction it off i would say if you're looking for something that could impact um, besides raising money for us, it's learning hands only CPR. Like it is, it, let me just paint a picture, another picture for y'all. When someone goes into cardiac arrest, I mean, we just saw what happened with the NFL um, just a few weeks ago. When someone goes into cardiac arrest or has a heart attack, you have about four minutes before they die. That's it. That is not enough time for someone to get an ambulance there and get them to the hospital. It's not. You have to do something immediately. And you have about a minute, if not less than a minute, before serious brain damage is done. Because when the heart stops pumping blood, it stops going to your brain. And immediate brain damage can happen. So learning, not getting trained in it, not paying for classes, learning, going on YouTube, getting your beat right, Make sure you've got the pressure. You have to push hard. If we say push hard, push fast. Learning hands-only CPR, not getting certified, just learning it can save a life. And you have to act quick. It's two steps. Call 911, push hard and fast. Push the beat to staying alive. And if you want to know another song, we have a whole list of songs on heart.org that are CPR certified that you can memorize another song if you want to. We're growing the list every day. And then if you if you want one more, one more thing, you can learn the signs of a stroke. Stroke is the number two killer in the world. The acronym is FAST. So you're looking for facial drooping. Um, you're looking for your arm. Sometimes people's arm isn't functional when they're having a stroke. Speech difficulty. And then the last one is time to call 911. So again, face, drooping, arm functionality, speech difficulty, Time to call 911. If you have those three signs, it's time to call 911. And um, this actually happened to a content creator that we had fundraising for us this past December. He is in his 30s and has stroke this past December. So I would say learn, learn handling CPR, learn the signs of a stroke, and don't assume when someone collapses or is having the signs of a stroke that it's not a heart attack, it's not cardiac arrest, that it's not a stroke just because of their age. Because I can't tell you how many people have come to me and told me that we saved their life, we saved their husband's life, we saved their wife's life, we saved their partner's life, we saved their mom, whoever, because they identified this was a stroke and got them help immediately. Absolutely. And, and, and again, you know, it. I know, look, so Jay's, one of Jay's brother-in-law, and we're not, we're not going to name him, but he's a wonderful man. He's had a, a multiple strokes now, Jay, hasn't he? And Yeah, and, and uh, seizures and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's it's you know we've again I'm good I've been I think I've mentioned it on the show before I have high blood pressure I'm on Ramapril for it and so I'm at risk but and it's education and I think I think the final question I'll ask you Bradley and this is just one for us all to think about is there's a lot we see a lot of negative things on social media a lot of negative things on YouTube YouTube can be full of absolute garbage 
But would you say it's fair to say that the, the resources on YouTube and and other platforms for uh, for CPR, for again for recognizing the fast signs and for general awareness around cardiovascular health, would you say that that's one of the benefits of our online world? Is that we've got so much more resources at our literally at our fingertips when you've got a phone available to you? Yeah, I mean, there's people on Twitter and YouTube, and they're just going to be <laughs> going to be negative, whatever. Uh, but most of the time, it is largely very positive working with this space. Um, I will say, uh, maybe not the most organized group of volunteers I've ever had. Cause most no. Content- no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, most content creators that I've worked with are probably the most passionate volunteers I've ever had. So um, they've got that going for them. There's tons of passion in everything they do. They put 110% of their whole being into it. And just to tag on, if this is my last little bit here, the other thing that you can do besides donating is taking care of yourself and learning actually how to prevent the stuff from happening and teaching others how to. Here's the here's an alarming thing, right? Number one killer in the world and number two, 80% of it can be prevented. 80. 80% of it can be prevented. So if we just took better care of ourselves, we taught others how to take better care of themselves. And if we as an organization can get people to have access to the resources to take care of themselves, this could be a non-issue today. But most cases, it could have been prevented, unfortunately. It it is sad. It I I agree. It's sad for us. Case look, is it you know things like you know look we are a lot of a lot of people listening here will be techies. Will be you know maybe fellow content creators. I know that I need to get better at going out for walks. I live on a beautiful stretch of coast, and I should be out enjoying yes. that. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm jealous of that walk. I know. Well, you get you do get at least you get to come and see it every couple of times a year, but it's. It, you know, thing, correct me if I'm wrong, like Bradley, but a simple thing like getting a daily walk can dramatically change yeah, again. your heart health. Is there, I mean, if, you know, while while we're wrapping this out, is there anything else that, you know, maybe if, if anything else that people can, you know, because I, I might be wrong on this, and this is why I'd love you to correct me, but, you know, things like diet, exercise, and sleep are probably three, would it be fair to say, are probably the three biggest things that people can do to make sure that they are staying health, heart healthy? A hundred percent. I mean, the nutrition is a big part of it. You know, I mentioned at the very beginning that we give back to food drives and we give back to homelessness. It's a it's a mental health thing. It's a physical health thing where if you're not in the right, right state of mind, that can put you at higher risk. Your heart is under greater stress. If you don't have the right nutrition, uh, you know, blood vessel arteries, they can get blocked and clogged and that can cause some issues. Exercise uh, that could lower your blood sugar. Uh, I found that out last year because my blood sugar was too high. So yeah, exercise that could uh, do a whole lot of good for you. Just taking a walk outside can put you in a better mental state and also get you a little bit of exercise. We actually recommend um, about 60 minutes of cardio or a day or 30 minutes of intense uh, exercise every single day. That's really important. And you know, look, Again, as an encouragement, we are so look being really transparent. We wanted to try and get an episode together about how smart watches and uh, health uh, trackers helped with this stuff. We couldn't find someone who was knowledgeable enough beyond our own experience uh, to come and join us. But hey, we could absolutely organise that if not if not sooner, but definitely before next year's Heart Month. We want to be able to talk about that. But I can say the encouragement I get from my Apple Watch to go on those walks, the encouragement I get, I don't want, you know, a lot of smartwatches are, of course, available. But the encouragement of, you know, my mum's found this, that, you know, closing those rings, doing the competitions is so encouraging. And again, it helps promote stuff. And one other thing that, that helps is the encouragement of, of people that you know, like, like uh, James helps encourage me and I try to encourage James. We try, yeah. So I know that the American Heart Association can be found at heart.org and also like it can be um, people can immediately start raising money through Twitch charity, through Toltify, through a myriad of of, of, of sources. But where would be the best place for people to, to either find more information or to get in touch with you at? I would say uh, find us at our Discord, tiltify.com slash AHA. There's a link to our Discord there. And 
if you message me, you know, you can go into our HA Discord. We have all of our staff at the very top, and I'll be in there. You can find me. I'm just Bradley on Discord in there. It's nothing complicated. Uh, you might think I spelled my name wrong. It intentionally doesn't have an E in there. That's a story for another day. My mother's very spiteful. They make it very short, though. Um, so come find me and come chat with me in Discord. We're in there. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I thought it was a very hearty discussion. Uh, a heart, a heartwarming and heartfelt discussion, Jay. That was how's that? Yeah, and I hope that it definitely pumped you up like the way that your heart pumps. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, it's hard not to make them. I mean, they're just kind of everywhere. It really is. Exactly. <laughs> and I think with that, we're going to roll the outro. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cross Wires. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and we'd love to hear your thoughts. So please drop us a note over to podcast at crosswires.net. You can also drop us a comment on the post or if you're a good pod user, why not start a discussion there too? You can also join our new Discord server at crosswires.net forward slash Discord. We've got forum channels for each episode, and we'd love you to join the discussion there. You can also follow us on Mastodon at crosswires at mastodon.social. And of course, you can find the show in all the good podcast apps, and all the really bad ones too. More of our content, head on over to crosswires.net slash YouTube for all our videos, and keep an eye on our Twitch channel at crosswires.net slash live our upcoming streams. If you like what you've heard, please do drop a review in your podcast directory of choice. It really does help spread the word about the show. And of course, if you can spare even the smallest amount of financial support, we'd be incredibly grateful. And you can support us at ko-fi.com slash crossed wires. That is ko-fi.com slash crossed wires. Until next time, thanks for listening.